smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's like very of all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. We have some really big news for our friends in the great state of Ohio. DraftKings Sportsbook is going to be giving, uh, going live in your state with the new laws. That's going to be Sunday, of course, January 1st at 12.01 a.m. Now to celebrate, how about this? All new customers are going to receive $200 in free bets just when they sign up today. Plus, five lucky customers are going to win a $100,000 free bet. So my question is, Amal Shaw, what would you bet your 100K on in January if you won one of those free bets? Again, if you're in the great state of Ohio listening or watching to us now, you're on Big Bets. And thank you, by the way, for joining us. So they're going to sign up yeah. in Ohio. Now it's legal. Okay. Five people going to be picked out of a hat. I don't know if it's a hat. And Amal Shaw, your name is on one of them because you're uh-huh. from Ohio. Now you got a $100,000 free bet. One bet. Mm-hmm. Now there's different strategies you could have here. You could do like a plus price dog to really make it worth your while or go the favorite route, but you're going to have to pay a lot of juice. How would you do that if you're one of those five lucky winners in the great state of Ohio? I apologize, Dave, but you asked the wrong person this question because, first of all, I would like to know what the stipulation is. Can you take a team that's larger than a minus $2 favorite? What is the amount of money you get so do I get 100000 and if the bet wins, do I get what the winning amount on the bet is? I have to assume that the most free bets, from my knowledge, would be you don't get it the 100 grand and. No, I assume that, but right. what I'm saying is you get the amount on the bet side, correct? That's so would you win? Exactly. So, so if, if you want to lay the juice? I, I would go with 
I would go with wait for an NFL playoff game, and I would take a 110 favorite at 100,000 and put it in to win 90. Boom. Like a small favorite, lay the two if it's under a field goal, something like that. Yeah. You wouldn't go, man, let me take that shot, baby. It's, it's a free roll anyway. I got a plus five underdog at plus two, 210, maybe, 220. Maybe if you think the team could win, but I'm, on not, that, I'm not saying in the NFL game that you have to necessarily take a favorite or anything. All I'm saying is I'm looking at if I like to side in the playoff game or if you've got a matchup that you really like, uh, I just like the NFL playoffs. Yeah. I think you get consistency out of the teams, whether you take a favorite or a dog. All I'm saying is I'm looking to take a matchup when the game really, really means something. I'm not looking for a Tuesday night game where a team's <laughs> laying 27 in college hoops and saying, you know, let's hope we cover 27 or we, you know, one way or the other. Make sure this team that, that you're betting on needs to win and not, yeah, right. They're right. not just yeah. going to roll out the basketballs. That is a great point. So, hey, that's really exciting, though, in Ohio for DraftKings. So if you're listening, watching in Ohio, good luck to you out there. Hopefully, uh, the five of you are listening to our show. That'd be pretty cool. And we'd have you call in and tell us what your bet was. Uh, by the way, uh, New Mexico State and Bowling Green going on right now in the uh, Quick Lane Bowl? Yes, sir. Detroit. Is that bowling? Like Quick Lane? Or no, is that like an like a oil change? It's got to be an oil change. Because I think Quick Lane, like, you know, like, sometimes when you, I don't know if you guys bowl or not. I'm a big bowler. Are you really? Oh, yeah. I got my own, own ball and bag. I thought you were being facetious. No, no, no. I take it for real. Uh, right now, seven nothing New Mexico State. I'm not very good, but I look the part. Do I strike you as a bowler? <laughs> Do I look like I got my own bowling shoes with too the much grease, There's too much grease on the on the lane. I can't really get the right spin on it. Quick lane ball. That's where I was going. Fourth and twelve right now uh, for Bowling Green. I've said this uh, historically. Some of the worst uniforms you're ever going to see. I, I would agree with you completely on that. Speaking of which, so what's your high water mark? Okay, Virginia Beach back in the day. Yeah. Kid had a, uh, I had seven strikes to end it. Two, wow. 235. Oh, wow. You're like really oh, good. No, like, no, no. Those days are long gone. No, my but, so, but you were at one point good. Like my high watermark is probably like 110, maybe 120. That's, that's not bad. I, well, look, I, I, oh, by the way, oh my God. The fact that you just said that, you know, that's Christmas time. No, 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 no. That, that one right there, it's like before you insult somebody, you're like, hey, you know, I don't mean any disrespect. <laughs> it's like one time I remember the poker table, this, this guy goes, yeah, I, I kick my coverage in terms of his, his wife. Oh, good for I him. Go, no, I go, you know what your problem is? I go, you're on the punt team. I said, I'm not on the punt team. That's, <laughs> I, you, you just, that's what you basically just said to me. I, Sorry, you're on the punt team. I Look, if I break 150 nowadays, it's a good day out there in the lanes. 150 is a bad day? Wow. I mean, that's what I like to shoot for. By the way, I still, people make fun of me. I have my mother, I love mom, mom gave me her bowling ball 30-some-odd years ago when she stopped bowling. And she said, this to me, me and your father used to go to bowling sure. together. And I got her ball, and my brother got my dad's ball. I, won't, I will only bowl with that ball. It's only about 10 pounds. It's the lightest ball you've ever seen. I used to use an 8-pound ball. Yeah, I, I try I, to find the people are like, don't you need a man's ball? I'm like, no, this is my mom's ball, and I'm not going to be shamed into getting another ball. And that's part of like, that's the way I, I like mom. You know, I went out there, I rolled a 235 with your ball. Two, but that's really impressive, Dave. I mean, that that's like anything Some kingpin over, stuff. Yeah, exactly. Any <laughs> anything like to me over 170, 180, like you're cranking out strikes, right? Like I'm hoping to pick up a spare. I look, you know, now I like to have more of a. I mean, I always like to have a good time. But, you know, you're going to have some cold beverages. Bowling ball French fries, bowling alley French fries are the best French fries in the country. Matt Humans, 
I know you do your, your challenge and you go to all the fast food places. I will put any bowling alley french fry against McDonald's, Burger King, Chick-fil-A. Bring it. I'm telling you, they are unparalleled. <laughs> you, ever, you ever get a hot dog at a bowling alley? That is dangerous. Well, it reminds me of the episode of Seinfeld where he's like, can I have one of the hot dogs? He's like, what are you, out of your mind at it's the movie been theater? That, it's That's been there for about a year. That's what I feel like a bowling alley food would be. No, no, be. French fries are great because you see them, they dip it in the vat. <laughs> right then, it's, it's fantastic, always hot. And it'll help you roll a little bit better than a 110. Ross, that's impressive, man, 235. Back in my day. <laughs> uh, let's get to the part where I hope Stephanie doesn't burn down the studio. But it is time for the Monday edition of Hold or Fire. Yeah, the, I mean, I can't get enough of the graphics. These, uh, They're fantastic. So let's get down to the brass tacks. Thursday night. Not my Cowboys, not your Cowboys, our Cowboys, America's team. They're going to Tennessee. They're going to lay 10, oh, God. 10 against the Titans. There's, as Stephanie just said, who stinks? Now, here's the, they do stink now. What, they've losers of five straight. Mike Vrabel, I think, did arguably one of the greatest coaching jobs in the history of pro football a year ago. Somehow got them to a one seed in the AFC. Now they're holding on for dear life to try to win this division and get in. They need it. But do they? Because I guess my bigger question is, it really comes down to the last game in Duval. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's exactly right. This game, to me, I'm going to pass on this one either way. I, I will tell you, you want to take a look at the weather if you're going to bet this total. Uh, but I don't want to lay the number here with Dallas. Nor uh, do I. But, but I can't. I tell you what, watching Malik Willis play, holy cow. Well, and, and that's the bigger question here for this game. You look at the total of 42 and a half. Cowboys put up 40 against the Eagles. And by the way, the Eagles have a really good defense. Okay. The Titans defense is not what the Titans defense that you're thinking about. It's not your dad's defense from year, even a year ago. This Titan defense is banged up. They're struggling to stop anybody. Okay. But they can't score. So you got a team that can't stop anybody right now. And the Cowboys really struggling defensively. Cowboys got issues all over their back four with injuries of their own. Two starting corners are out. Micah Parsons, if you watched him play, he gutted it out. But he's not the same Micah Parsons right now with knee injury and also an illness that we saw when he was defensive player of the year candidate. Still there with Nick Bosa, by the way. But the Cowboys need it because they still have an outside shot of winning the division. But really, you're not expecting the Philadelphia Eagles to lose their last two and gift you the one seed. Yeah, I would agree with you there. And you look at this Tennessee team averaging 15.2 games during their five-game losing streak. This team is really in trouble. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they can get this thing turned around in time uh, when they played Jacksonville in two weeks. Now, it looks like Ryan Tannehill, if you're unaware, is going to be out for the rest of the regular season. Good luck. And uh, he had a procedure done on his high ankle sprain. So with the way Malik Willis has performed, I don't think there's much confidence. You hope to be able to run the ball effectively. Um I don't know what Derrick Henry was able to do against Houston. Big but touchdown run, but a, a critical fumble uh, did, okay. in, in that second half that really turned the tide in the game. They were up 14-10 at the time, and it really kind of turned that second half uh, against the Texans. Yeah, I, I would I would hold on both sides here unless you have overwhelming confidence one way or the other. I'm with you. I don't know how the Titans score, mm -hmm. but again, the Cowboys' defense has been a little lackluster in recent weeks. Let's get to another game of huge importance, I can't believe I'm saying this, in the NFC South. Somehow the Buccaneers got off the deathbed yesterday and resurrected their season with a comeback win in overtime against Arizona. Here come the I can't believe it. Here come the big bad Panthers led by Steve Wilkes. But look what the, the job Steve Wilkes has done taking over for Matt Rule. He's turned around this team 
immensely with the running game. What, they had over three bills against Dan Campbell and the Lions? Running the football. Look, if the Buccaneers have a deficiency, you know, last year they were great stopping the run. This year, not as good. Buccaneers lane three at home against the Panthers. If you like Tampa Bay, hold the fire. I would fire on Tampa at minus 155 if you like them to win the division. Bet this one here against Carolina. But I would lay the three here. I, I like Tampa. I think this number's going to go up to three and a half. I know they've had issues. They eke out a win against Arizona. But overall, Dave, I think they're still a better team. Injuries have been part of the equation for them this year. They still found a way. Last night, they're down 10 points, right? Fourth quarter. Yeah. Look like they're in trouble. And then Arizona looks like they're going to be able to be in a position to go down and win the game. No, never mind. They punt. Tampa goes and wins the football game. So I would say this. Um, I would look at Tampa. But the other thing I want to point out is if you're going to bet the Buccaneers are minus $3 to win the division, they have two opportunities. They win this week. The division's done. They lose. And if Tampa beats Atlanta and if the Saints beat uh, Carolina, you can still win the division. But I would go with the money line price on Tampa right now. I still think it's a really good price to be able to win the division. Yeah, I, I think that's a pretty good way to handicap there. there. So, again, We'll talk about the Saints a little bit when we continue to hold our fire uh, with their big game coming up against the Eagles. But it is amazing that the Panthers are still alive. Like, Carolina doesn't have to look past themselves. Like, we went out. We're going to win this division, right? So they're sitting in really good stead for a division that we thought should have been wrapped up weeks ago. But Tampa's, look, they got issues too. I mean, their offensive line is atrocious right now. I I just don't think Carolina's going on the road. I mean, this is virtually the same line we saw with Detroit at Carolina last week. Now you're somewhere number here. I I like Tampa here. Stop the run. You win the game easily. The the problem is stopping the run. Carolina's running it really well. We'll continue. Hold or fire next here on Big Bets on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends 
safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even posted to my my day. day. (laughs) (laughs) VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Watch football with a little more on the line by playing free in the Guinness Time Challenge. Just visit DraftKings.com slash Guinness, set your lineup, watch the action unfold as you play for your share of $115,000 all season long. Guinness made of more. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com for all of the details. Let's continue, Amal Shaw, with Hold or Fire NFL Edition Week 17. Got to get to Week 18 before we're done. Then I can get my Raiders over five and a half finally graded out, even though they're at six wins. <laughs> Got to wait. So let's get to the Brownies against the Commanders here. Now, boy, Washington, you're not helping me out. I worked in D.C., covered that the old football team there for about 18 years. You guys can't figure out ways to keep the Giants out of the playoffs. My operation three to one on Giants missing the playoffs, not looking good. It isn't coming for me that the Commanders can win this game. They're laying two and a half against the Browns. They look like... Is Deshaun Watson their guy in the future? I don't know. He's looked terrible coming back. Hold or fire in the commanders laying two and a half? I'd go with the commanders here. You know, that performance yesterday was against arguably the best team in football. So I'm not concerned about them against a team like San Francisco. Uh, The Browns right now have some serious issues. And you mentioned Deshaun Watson. I'm not concerned about him because he hasn't played in two years. Right? You're coming back. Ring rust. Yeah, exactly. And didn't have training camp. Excuse me, coming in right in the middle of the season, I would hold on Wash. I'm sorry, I would fire on Washington. I think this number gets to three. If it gets to three, I would I would stay away if you don't like Washington as much as I do. But I think two and a half or three are both t- uh, numbers you can take with the commanders here. Ron Rivera benched Taylor Heineke in that second half against San Francisco. Carson Wentz came in through a late touchdown. He said he's has not made up his mind yet as for the who the quarterback is. Does the number move at all with either Wentz? Or Heineke? Great question, and I would say it's detrimental to Washington for 60 minutes if Carson Wentz is the quarterback. So if Wentz is named the starter, theoretically, this number could come down. I don't know if it does, and just in my perspective, I'm not a big Taylor Heineke guy, but I think he has moxie and he gives you a posi- puts you in a position to be able to win the football game. I can tell you right now, the only time I want to see Carson Wentz is on the field when I'm betting the other side. <laughs> I'm with you. I kind of would feel more, uh, I'd feel better about my wager on the commanders winning two and a half if I knew it was Heineke over Wentz. But 
there is a case to be made that the Browns right now are kind of a dead football team, and and maybe again we talk about you don't want that to be your sole handicap of the angle of like oh this team doesn't need it this team does, but the Commanders really are still playing for something. They they were tied with the Niners at halftime seven yeah. seven. Second half was a different story. Let's get to an intriguing game to me, and obviously I'm rooting for a big upset here. Saints against the boys from the city of Brotherly Shove. Fly Eagles fly. Land seven against the Saints. Dennis Allen, by the way, they won on the road against Cleveland. You know, money line. I took the Saints in that game straight up, and uh, they cashed for me, which was nice. Now they're getting seven against the Eagles. I'm all, I got to be honest with you. We don't know if it's Gardner Minshew or Jalen Hurts. I'm not a doctor, but I can play one on the show. I kind of think it's going to be Minshew at 355. He looked capable. I did see Jalen Hurts do this when Minshew threw a touchdown. And I went, dude, if you got a bad wing, you can't do this. He did that. So can Jalen Hurts go? And if so, how much does that affect the number if you want to back the Eagles? It's not my concern with Philly right now in terms of Jalen Hurts' play. Is obviously, it's an upgrade. I'm going to hold on this game, but the Saints, um, they're a team that will go out and compete. I was really impressed with the performance that they had against the Browns. I know the weather impacted both yeah. teams offensively. But, but physical. They're physical. Yeah, to get out there in that kind of cold climate on Christmas Eve, you could have just laid down the way Denver did on Christmas Day. They didn't do that. And to their credit, I think they'll be up for this game against Philadelphia because this is the best team in the NFC, at least as of right now from a record standpoint. Mm-hmm. I think they'll come out and they'll be ready to play. Um, when I when I look at the Saints team, though, the question is can they get enough offense with Andy Dalton and company? Chris Olave didn't play this past Sunday or Saturday, excuse me. Will he play on Sunday? That's one thing I'd be concerned with from a uh, backing the Saints perspective. Yeah, he, concussion protocol for Olave to keep, keep, keep him out of that game. And again, Andy Dalton's stat line was not good, but it was those inclement weather. And they, Dennis Allen, this team's still fighting. They still are mathematically alive to win that division, the division nobody wants to win in the NFC South. So that's an interesting one. Watch this number. I think if you like the Eagles, I would recommend that you would fire now because of the ner- news that Hurts does play, which True. I don't think he's going to play. Agree. But if he does play, that number's going to shoot up. Yeah. Right? But I'm with you. I kind of like the Saints. I mean, my leanness to the Saints, especially if it's Gardner Menchu and especially if it's cold, maybe those receivers, you know, a little chilly out there. They can lock you up. The Saints do have a, a pretty good defense as well. Cardinals, we talked a little bit about them. 4-11 against the Falcons. Two dead football teams. How do you – not saying this feels like a preseason game – but are you going to wave three and a half with the Falcons against Trace McSorley and the Cardinals coming to town for a game that's probably going to be viewed by family and friends only? <laughs> um, I, I do not want to lay three and a half with Atlanta. Atlanta's one of those teams I don't want to ever lay points with. Uh, but with McSorley in there, it, it's still a, a tricky spot here. I'm going to completely stay away from this side on either one. The total's low at 40 and a half. Weather's not an issue. It's in a dome. Mm-hmm. Can we finally get some offense on two teams that have nothing to play for? So let's, I, you know, I, I, I kind of like those angles of like, why run it three yards, cloud of dust, and punt? I would agree with you. I think it's going to be a much more offensive game. I think Ritter and McSorley both have an opportunity to kind of showcase yep. themselves a little bit. I would lean towards the over. Uh, I, I think it's a different approach when you're playing a team that's in contention. You see a lot of times in the last games of the regular season, Games both sides will be played in the 30s, and I think that's something to pay attention to in Week 17 and Week 18 in terms of betting some of these totals. I'm with you. That's that would be our lean here. We would fire in that total 40 and a half today. Let's get to the Jags. Boy, have they resurrected their season here in the second half? Seven and eight. You know, we we talk about quarterbacks all the time and whether or not a team's got one or not. They got one now. I think there's no more questions, right? 
Right. Uh, Duval, you have your guy. I know there were questions about Trevor Lawrence. None anymore. Texans are spunky, man. They've been covering numbers, right? They cover the number, obviously almost beat the Cowboys a couple weeks ago, almost beat the Chiefs, lost in overtime. Say what you want about Lovey Smith and the two-win Texans, but they did beat the, the Titans. Are they spunky again, getting four and a half at home? I like Houston here. I think this number's a little bit tricky on the road. I thought this number should be about three and a half. I mm. would fire on Houston here. I know it's not a great team to bet, but I, I was impressed with the performance they had against Tennessee. I always respect teams that don't have anything to play for and actually give out an effort. You know, it's very easy, especially for experienced guys who know they're going to be on a roster next year, not the guys who are on special teams or fringe players, but for players that know they're established enough to go on the road, to give an effort like they did and win that football game. Brandon Cook scored a touchdown. Yeah, it's, it's exactly. Oh, like, we're, like, dude, where's that effort been all year? Well, he needs to figure out which is going to be his next landing spot. He's <laughs> still I mean, playing for his next team. I, I would love to know, is there something with this guy that he always constantly gets traded? Oh, or wow. what is the deal? That There's something amiss there. Uh, but I, I like Houston here at home, plus four and a half. I think they play well in this game. And you look, I have a feeling the Texans might take themselves out of the first pick spot mm. because they could win this week. They could win against Indianapolis in the final game of the regular season as well. No question. So, again, Texans have been spunky. They're still playing hard there for Lovey Smith. It could be a very interesting game down there in that dome. Let's talk about the Bears against the Lions here. Yeah. Lions, oh, wow. Everybody, myself included, I, I took the bait. Jared Goff on the road, tied up at seven, first and goal, fumbled snap, whole game changes. They get blown out the rest of the way. in the second quarter of a tie game against Carolina. Now they're back home laying five and a half against the Bears. Amal, if you like Dan Campbell to get off the deck, hold or fire in the five and a half. Dan Campbell, the Lions are who we thought they were. We let them off the hook. <laughs> they're not that good of a football team. The reality of it, to me, I, I didn't understand the affinity everybody had for Detroit. Their defense is bad. I've been saying all along, Aaron Glenn should not be the defensive coordinator. Mm. They're just not good. And to me, I would actually pass on this game because the one thing with the Bears, though, they've competed. This was the game they should have beaten Detroit the first time around revenge spot. I'm generally a guy that takes the team that lost the first game. Yeah. So I would look towards Chicago here in the five and a half, but didn't play it, won't play it right now. If it gets up to six, six and a half, I would take Chicago. Um, five and a half is kind of a useless number in that sense. But Dave, I can't back this Detroit team with uh, not just the performance they had against Carolina. I've just not been a big fan of theirs. Laying points is not their forte. It's different when they're a dog. No question. That would be my first lean. My only hesitation is if you watch the Bears the last couple weeks against the Eagles, they fought, right? Lost by five, covered the number. And I know this just from talking to our buddy Lawrence Holmes we've had on the show and some other people back in Chicago. They don't want to win. They The fan base does not want the Chicago Bears to win any more games this year. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because if the Texans pass them in terms of overall record, Will Anderson and Jalen Carter both become intriguing for the first overall pick in the draft from a betting standpoint. It actually behooves the Bears yeah. to continue to lose at this stage, right? Get Justin Fields out there, have fun, you know, learn the offense more under Matt Eberflus and, and what they're doing in year one with the new coaching, but don't win. So... I might look to a, a teaser play with the Lions, and you know, especially if it gets to six, six and a half, like you mentioned, and tease them down. I do think the Lions will win. I think the, the the Bears will put up a fight, but I don't know how long they actually want to fight to actually try to win the game. Well, I don't think that part applies to the players. I think yeah, it, you're right. it applies to the front office yep. personnel, and I think it's a little bit different from a player standpoint, but. Uh, for me, I, I think that's the one thing that's intriguing right now is more looking at the first overall pick. Will Anderson and Jalen Carter are very much alive to be those guys if the Bears wind up with the first pick. 
When we come back, let's go out to L.A. and catch up with our guy David Gascon from Fox Sports 1 and talk all things Chargers. As we got the uh, Colts side from Wes Reynolds earlier, we'll get the Chargers side from David Gascon. Come on back. Big Bets here on the Sports Betting Network. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. College Bowl season is here, and VSIN has you covered. We've got pick spreads and totals for every single bowl game. Head to VSIN.com, check out our bowl betting coverage while you're there. Now is a great time to become a VSIN Pro subscriber for only $79. You get access to everything we do from now through the big dance. So visit VSIN.com slash subscribe. Uh, let's get to some breaking news here very quickly in the NFL. I'm all, uh, Stephanie's just informed us that senior assistant coach Jerry Rosberg will take over as the interim head coach for Nathaniel Hackett, who has shown the door today in Denver. I got to be honest, I don't know anything about Jerry Rosberg, but this news is new. I don't, this clearly, clearly feels like an interim situation, unlike Jeff Saturday, who's also an interim coach in tonight's game against the Chargers. But Saturday has visions of being the guy. I don't know that that's going to be the same case here in Denver. Jerry Rosberg, 67. He's been out of the league for four years. He was with the Ravens for 11 years, and uh, he's a senior assistant to the team and just taking over for the final game of the regular season, final two games, excuse me. So, like Kind of like Rich Passaccia last year in yeah, the desert. Exactly. Uh, you know, who did a great job, by the way, getting the Raiders to the postseason, but I don't think was ever really taken seriously for the head coaching job. So that is the news right now coming out of Denver. Without further ado, let's talk more about this big game tonight, the Monday night matchup between the Chargers and the Colts with our guy, David Gascone. Always great to have David on the program, host at PicksWise, and does a great job with Fox Sports 1. I know you got some gigs in college basketball. Maybe if we have time, we'll get to those coming up, David, here. But thanks for joining us. You know, we talked a lot about earlier in the program about the Colts and what they're going to do with Jeff Saturday going forward. It feels like Brandon Staley, I know they've had a ton of issues injury-wise this year. Is Staley Coaching differently this year, David, than he did last year? No, I don't feel like he is. I just feel like the circumstances of, of Justin Herbert, his play has increased and gotten better. Uh, obviously, when you look at where they're at right now, sitting at eight and six with a game on tap with the Indianapolis Colts, but he's still that same guy. You feel like he's the West Coast AFC version of, of, uh, of what you get in Washington. So, you know, you, one of those situations where it's like Riverboat Ron does his thing with the commanders. You know, you had that same situation here in Los Angeles. And so, Brandon Staley, I think he continues to do what he does. It's a little unconventional, but you figure with the charges where they're at personnel-wise, the health situation, I feel like he has to roll the dice in certain situations. The circumstances are there for the Chargers. Obviously, if they can win a couple of games, they're in the postseason. They win tonight. It's a completely different animal. Uh, but the AFC, like you saw yesterday with the NFC, kind of cracking things open uh, it's anyone's guess right now. I know the Jets and the Dolphins and uh, a couple other teams are vying for those final wild card spots. David, when you look at this Chargers team, they're in a great position to get in in the postseason, as you alluded to. Where do you think they could go? What can they do potentially when they get in? Because I, I got to believe, in my opinion, when Williams is healthy, and I have always thought he's been underrated since he came out of Clemson, and Keenan Allen, who people don't even realize, <laughs> statistically has been the best receiver in the league for the last five years. These two guys with Herbert and Austin Eckler, they are a force to be reckoned with offensively. Yeah, I mean, don't forget Joshua Palmer either, though. He's been kind of the saving grace for Justin Herbert. I feel like, guys, when you, when you get into the National Football League's postseason, whether it's the AFC, the NFC, you want to get into a gunfight with a guy that can 
light up the crowd. That's exactly what Justin Herbert is. You figure with what they do defensively, they're in the bottom tier of the National Football League when it comes to points against, when it comes to total yards. But offensively, Justin Herbert leads that aerial attack. He's a top 10 quarterback. And you figure amongst the quarterbacks right now on the AFC side of things, who scares you the most? Patrick Mahomes is obvious. You have Joe Burrow, who I think is there as well, too. But Josh Allen, you get all the great with him, but you get some catastrophic mistakes. Mm -hmm. Justin Herbert is like an even keel guy. And I feel like he does so much with the elements and the chaos around him. He's what many people, I think, in Las Vegas thought or hoped Derek Carr can be. But Herbert delivers year in and year out, despite the fact that his offensive line's never healthy. His specialty guys on the outside are never healthy. But he's got Austin Eckler, too, so it's a complimentary guy. I feel like he can do damage in the postseason. The one team I hope the Chargers stay away from is the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, I have a ticket on the Chargers to win the AFC, plus 1250. Took that last February. Thought it was a great play. And then Slater goes down, Bosa's in and out, Derwin James is in and out. I mean, these guys can't stay healthy, right? So is this the healthiest version? Is this the best version of the Chargers going into the postseason? Again, if they win tonight, they wrap up a wild card spot, David. Are they are they really somebody that maybe we've overlooked, kind of like the Ravens with all their injuries, that the two big teams you mentioned, the Chiefs, or three if we want to put the Bengals in there, that they really have to account for, the Chargers could make some noise? Yeah, they can. I think the biggest concern right now is you've got to keep Justin Herbert healthy. So it doesn't matter, I think, when you're in the situation the Chargers are. You can't win the AFC West. So your most important ingredient right now is to win tonight. Because if you don't win tonight, then you put pressure on you to go home and play the Rams, who we saw them tear apart the Broncos yesterday. And then, God forbid, Week 18, if you had not clinched the playoff spot, you've got to go to Denver, where they have had all kinds of chaos happen around them but they still have a top-tier defense. You don't want to have those situations arise with you late in the season because then you're forcing Herbert to play nearly perfect football. And then more importantly, you can't rest any of your personnel around you. So you want to take care of business tonight. I know it's a road game. I know Jeff Satter's going to run the football with Nick Foles starting at quarterback tonight. But if you're Justin Herbert, you got to continue to do your thing and then hope that you can get out of there unscathed. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. That's, I think, going to be crucial for this team's uh, resurgence, at least if they're going to make one this year. In terms of the AFC picture, what do you look at, David, as a team that you think could come out of there? You mentioned Cincinnati is a real threat, in your opinion. How do you feel about Buffalo and Kansas City? I don't have the same inkling of Buffalo that I did about eight weeks ago. I still think, though, Patrick Mahomes and company are going to be tough to ask this time around. Yeah, I mean, you go back to last season, and you just, for example, you think about Kansas City playing Cincinnati on the road. Kansas City was a favorite in that ball game. Uh, they had numerous opportunities on the goal line to get things done. They lose that game during the regular season. And then you flip the script. That game gets played back in Arrowhead. They have an 18-point lead in the first half. Tyreek Hill can't get into the end zone. They go into the third quarter, and then all of a sudden their offense just, I don't want to say falls apart, but they got blanketed. And now all of a sudden you go to this season, Joe Burrow takes care of business again against Kansas City. And all of a sudden you got Joe Burrow here, Patrick Mahomes here when it comes to the head-to-head record. You flip that around, Patrick Mahomes owns Josh Allen during the postseason. So for me, my biggest threat right now is the, the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, they didn't play great last week in the, uh, in the second half against the New England Patriots. But that offense, the offensive line has continued to gel. And I'm sorry, I, you look at the playmakers on the outside, obviously you look at mixed in the backfield, but Joe Burrow's got weapons up and down the field. For Kansas City, the one area I'm hesitant about is the guy over the top. There's no Tyreek Hill, 
Yeah. Everything is for all intents and purposes underneath. And, you know, Travis Kelsey didn't play bad last week, but you figure if you can blanket him or you can bracket him off, what are you going to do? I mean, Kansas City doesn't run the football a whole hell of a lot. And how do you get the offense going when it comes to an over-the-top feature like you would with the Miami Dolphins, like you would with the Cincinnati Bengals, like you would with the Buffalo Bills? And their defense is not a top-tier unit either. So for me, for my money's worth, I, I love the Cincinnati Bengals. Again, it makes some noise. It just feels like even though the team may not be the sexiest, they make adjustments at the end of the first half, and then all of a sudden their offense, their defense get on the same page, and before you know it, you're chasing double digits against them. Yeah, the one point that David made, uh, I thought it was a really good one about Cincinnati. He said they didn't play particularly well in the second half, but I don't worry about teams when they've got huge leads. Yeah, I think yeah. You, you know, I think just in the NFL, you're so, it's so infrequent that you've got a 14 plus point lead at halftime that there's this mental like switch that just kind of seems to go off. Yeah, you're like, I, I got a 22 point lead yeah, against exactly. the Patriots. You, you almost gave that one away there at the end, but I thought that was a bad call. I thought Ramondre well, Stevenson's. I, I, I thought there was forward progress. Right. I don't think they should have called that a fumble. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, guys, I, I say that humbly because you look at where we have been the last two, three, four weeks. It's like the NFL's turned into the NBA where no lead is safe. If you look at the Minnesota Vikings, the right. Indianapolis Colts a few yeah. weeks ago, I mean, that's a 33-point lead yeah. and all of a sudden gets squandered away. We've seen many teams blow double-digit leads. Look at the Las Vegas Raiders. A case in point, <laughs> Josh McDowell. That team should be a postseason club, and they're not. So I feel like with the Bengals, you want to be consistent, but I feel like their offensive line – protecting Joe Burrow at the right time of the season. They're a serious threat. Got about 90 seconds to go with David Gascon in L.A. David, I don't know if the fan base is aware that the Rams actually won the Super Bowl last year. <laughs> what, what's the number one story in L.A. these days? Is it still the Lakers? I know the Chargers are kind of the fan base is asleep at the wheel sometime. What is right now the hierarchy of L.A. sports? I feel like it's also the Dodgers, right? Because oh. you have all these Dodger players that have been going to the East Coast Cody Bellinger is now in Chicago. Justin Turner is now with the Boston Red Sox. I don't know if Turner is going to have his jersey retired for the Dodgers, but he's been one of the most clutch players in franchise history. So it's sad to see him go. Kenley Jensen's obviously not here, not back. Clayton Kershaw sends a one-year deal. You don't know how long he's holding on, but it continues to be the Lakers, the Dodgers, and then everybody else. But USC football made a lot of noise Ooh. today, or at least this season. I feel like. With the Trojans being back, Chip Kelly making some moves, I feel like college football is starting to have a resurgence out here in the West Coast. Isn't that amazing that college football could usurp the Super Bowl champion Rams and <laughs> and one of the sexiest yeah, quarterbacks to play in Justin Herbert? It doesn't surprise yeah. me. If you've ever lived in L.A. like I did, like David does, you know USC yeah. runs Los Angeles. Make no mistake about it. They're the largest employer in the city. David, you're the best. Yeah. We appreciate Thanks, you joining guys. us, man. Uh, we know you got a trip to Laramie. Uh, give, give him a watch and a listen to FS1. Does a great job doing college basketball as well. We'll catch Take up Take an again. oxygen tank. <laughs> Thanks, guys. There he is, David Gascon in Los Angeles. When we come back, we'll put a finishing bow in this edition of Big Bets here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. 
I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my dance, <laughs> VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. The countdown to 2023 is started, and Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook has you covered to start off the new year with a bang. Join Bet Rivers on both New Year's Eve and New Year's Day to ring in 2023. Log on to betrivers.com, download the Bet Rivers app on December 31st. You're going to get a 22% profit boost. Well, how about the next day? On January 1st, 2023, you get a 23% profit boost on any qualifying wager. That's right. Celebrate Bet Rivers and get not one, but two profit boosts. It is a whole new game. Back alongside them all, Shaw Dave Ross here. I want to give out the pro tip for hour number two. It's something we talked about in Holder Fire. Sometimes you're going to look at dead teams, right? Playing, say, in a dome where weather's not an issue, like it was this week in a lot of those cold weather games. And a lot of times that might lead to overs. Let's say you're looking at the Falcons this week, right? And you're going, well, what do these teams have to play for? Not a whole lot. So they're not going to just three yards cloud of dust and punt. It feels more like sometimes a souped-up preseason game. You take more shots. You see what Desmond Ritter can do. You throw the ball a little bit more and see what you have in some of these kids. It's a low total. If you can find a low total like this one, 40 and a half, 
it might be playable to look to some of those overs with two teams out of contention, nothing to play for. You want to see what Trace McSorley can do. You want to see what Desmond Ritter can do. Uh, I think it's a great point. I think this is a perfect example of a game between Arizona and Atlanta that could be much higher scoring than you would just think on the surface. 40 and a half, I get with McSorley. But I, I think this is a game where if you're Arizona, you say, listen, do we have a guy that's potentially that we could trade, get a draft pick for in the fifth round or yep. sixth round? Let's let him air it out. This game at this point in time doesn't mean anything. There's a difference when you're playing Tampa because there's a certain amount of just – I would say respect you want all around the league that you gave a good effort against a team that's vying for a playoff spot. Um, so if you're this team, you're facing a little bit of an easier defense in terms of Arizona's offense. If you're Ritter and company, you're going to be facing a team that you should be able to move the ball on. So good opportunity for both sides to score some points. Absolutely. That's a pro tip for hour number two. Again, you get access to up to 20 of those a day as a VEASAN Pro subscriber. All you have to do to, is go to VEASAN.com. You can sort those out by show and or by sport. Before we put a finishing bow on this edition, we'll talk a little bit about Monday Night Football. Got a bowl game going on here. Josh Towers came in studio earlier. Jeff Parles is in now. He's going to do Final Countdown with Matt Brown next on the network. You know, and I, I just think baseball with, with some of these guys. And, you know, it's kind of a question for Jeff, and we asked it to Josh. What the hell do you do with Carlos Correa? If you're the Metropolitans right now, like we're talking about an injury from eight years ago. Eight years ago? That's deterring the G-men from giving him the contract. We talked about how the numbers got shorted in the market. Once it looked like the Mets are going to have Correa, went off, what, 10 to 1 down to plus 750? We were like, Carlos Correa? What are we doing here? See, whenever my contract comes up here, I want to negotiate with the Mets for a new deal. <laughs> I mean, why would you pay damaged goods that kind of money here? I mean, you know, right now i got to check the Nevada State minimum wage uh, rate here to make sure I qualify. It might not even be on that. You know, I thought it was kind of like, okay, we have buyer's remorse over the Giants. So let's figure out a way to get out of the contract. It doesn't sound like that. It sounds like this is now a legit thing with his leg. Well, to me, I would have signed him to a three or four year deal. Isn't he represented by Boris? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't understand these guys. It's like you find the dumbest people in the world to negotiate with Scott Boris. Well, Scott Boris is too smart for these people. He's no, listen, I think I think Boris is great at what he does. But I think the other side, you've got a lot of idiots in the room. The Astros again six to one to win the series. Yankees seven to one. Those are the two shortest favorites. Mets are next, plus seven fifty. Do they are they aware that Correa now might have one bad leg and uh Max Scherzer is a thousand years old and so is I love these guys, but they're old. And then you get Justin Verlander and you lose the greatest pitcher of our generation. But yet the Mets are plus seven fifty? What am I missing? This is too short of a number. Greatest pitcher of this generation? Jacob DeGrom. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about Pedro Martinez. Oh, well, I mean, I'm old, so that's part of my gen. But, I, like, okay. kids nowadays, they don't even know who Pedro is. Well, well we you know what? There. Don't watch baseball if you don't know who Pedro is. <laughs> but, you know, to me, when I look at it right now, they're, they're going to be fine in terms of a team. They're, they're really good. They've got a ton of talent. The question is going to be pitching because you've got two older pitchers in Scherzer and Verlander. But I would have never signed Correa to that type of deal simply because you didn't need to. No, right. He's going to play third base. There's like 10 teams that can sign players to big contracts. You're not competing with Pittsburgh, Tampa, Miami for these big deals. So why are you overpaying? Why are you giving this guy a 12-year deal? It, 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 all it takes is one person to draw a line in the sand. You look at the St. Louis Cardinals in baseball. You look at the Pittsburgh Steelers in football. They never, ever seem to get bamboozled. No, it's they don't. always the same organization that constantly sign these bad deals. You know, Trey Turner is gone. We just had David Guest going on from, from L.A., right? And he's talking about all the Dodger defections. Mm -hmm. Trey Turner's in Philadelphia. I'm just saying something feels weird. Couldn't you see somehow that Carlos Correa ends up in L.A.? Like, like somehow this goes south with the medicals, 
and if it's not officially a deal that the Dodgers hop back in, like they got money to burn. I'm still the it, Mets and Steve Cohen. They have money to burn, but if you notice, the Dodgers generally don't sign a lot of bad contracts, right? Like they let Seager walk away. They had Trey Turner as a replacement last year. I'm sure they probably have somebody in their farm system, theoretically. And then you look at some of the other deals. Okay, Mookie Betts, you bring him over in a trade. It was a large deal, and you brought over David Price as well. But they weren't on the hook for the majority of that money. And then on top of it, when you look at some of these guys like Bellinger, he was an MVP, a two-time MVP, and, Bell- and uh, Boris wanted all this money for him. They said, no, 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 see you later. Have a nice life. Because you know what? We don't want guys hitting 209 in our lineup. The Dodgers and the Mets have the same price at plus 750. Which team would you bet on? If you had, if you had to make one wager for the Dodgers or the Mets to win the World Series, where would your money go? I know where mine would go. You're going with the Dodgers. Yes, because you know they're going to hop in at the All-Star break. And go get somebody, whatever they need. Well, I, I think the Mets will do the same thing. However, I would point to the fact that I the, the question mark with the Mets is, can their pitching hold up from a health standpoint? With the Dodgers, who's their number one? Is it Clayton Kershaw? One no, 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 no. Clayton Kershaw's too old at this point in time to be considered that. Tony Gonsolin's a guy they're afraid to allow, afraid well, to, allow to pitch five or six innings couldn't into get to a the game. Finish line. Same with Urias. So I don't think the Dodgers look at their staff and go, we've got an absolute dude who's taking the ball every fifth day, and he's going to be able to wipe everybody off the, you know, out of the batter's box. I, I just don't see it. I would actually look at the Dodgers, my reasoning being a little different than yours, though, because I think they're in an easier division. I agree. It's it's your murder's row in the NL East. Because I think Philly's a legitimate threat, even though Bryce Harper's going to be out for half the year with the acquisition of Trey Turner. I think Atlanta, even though they lose uh, Dansby Swanson eventually, he hasn't signed anywhere yet, but I, I look at, or I'm sorry, Dansby signed. Sorry, he yeah. signed. Um, or the Cubs. Cubs, so that's right. But, but, but think about when you get Bryce Harper back in the middle of the year, you're adding arguably the best player in baseball, make an argument. You're going to get him back halfway through the year. So wherever they are, if they've treaded water, and then you get that dude back in the middle of your lineup, look out, Philadelphia. And I think Nola pitches better than he did last year. I'm a big Zach Wheeler guy. I, I think the division's much more challenging in the National League East than it is in the NL West. I agree. That's why I'd take the Dodgers at plus yeah. 750 over the Mets. Does that qualify as hot stove league talk? I don't know, but I could talk about this all day. <laughs> so we'll see what happens with Carlos Correa. If he does end up in New York or if some more chicanery is at play. Uh, we mentioned the Colts and the Chargers tonight. This number has dipped. Remember, we talked about this. It's kind of flat fours pretty much all week. It's come down a little bit, three and a half. The total, I believe, is ticking down 44 and a half. I think it was 45 a little bit earlier in the week. What do you make of the subtle line line movement? I don't know. I, I didn't play this game, but I'm hoping the Colts jump out 7 nothing. I'll take the Chargers at a basically a pick and price to win the game. I think they'll find a way in the Dome. No impact from a weather standpoint. Uh, so I think Herbert Williams and company should be effective here moving the football. I'll tell you this. The Chargers have been a pretty good bet first halves. Uh, now, I, I saw three last night. I don't know with the subtle move if he can get a 2.5, but if he can find a 2.5 on the Chargers in the first half, I might play that. They've not been – as dynamic offensively in the second halves, it's weird. There's certain teams out there like the the Dolphins have been a pretty good first half play. They've been bad as they were yesterday, getting shut out in the second half. There are certain te- the Vikings are just cardiac. Forget about trying yeah. to figure out when they're going to turn it on or not. But it does seem like the Chargers like to hop out to those leads, use uh, efficiency with Austin Eckler, rely on what's left of their defense, and, and get to the finish line that way. Yeah, I, look, I, I think Austin Eckler is criminally underrated. I think he's tremendous, particularly catching the ball out of the backfield. Yeah. 
He just plays with the great intensity. I really like him a lot. This Chargers defense, uh, they played well, but I don't know if I'm a buyer in them completely, but I think in a matchup like this against uh, this Colts offense and with another quarterback change, I think they should be just fine. Tend to agree. And, again, you hope that uh, if you're a Charger, but I don't know if Bosa's going to be able to – I mean, Derwin James has been in and out of the lineup. So key cogs of that that defense have been in and out for the Chargers for the majority of the second half of the year. But, again, they can wrap up a playoff spot if they get that win tonight, lane three and a half, that total 44 and a half. Very quickly in the bowl game – you're looking pretty good here. What's happened so far? We got 14 nothing here. Bowling Green uh, was, I believe, three and a half point favorites before kick today. Any in-game opportunities that you might be looking at? Yeah, I, you know, I've stayed off of this because it was a good opportunity for a middle if you take in Bowling Green plus 13 and a half against New- NMSU. I have NMSU before the game, but I, I just don't feel comfortable right now. Bowling Green seems to be playing Ben, but don't score offense. Yeah, and we got a fourth and one for New Mexico State. It looks like they're going for it. And- on the 35. And they get the ball to start the second half. That's that extra possession, right? I think yeah. we got a false start. We're going to back up New Mexico State 5. So it's going to be fourth and six. So let's see what they do here. But 34 seconds to go before halftime. So realize that, people, before you hop in the second half. New Mexico State will get the ball first yeah. to begin that second half. Hey, a lot of fun today uh, on the, the first day of the last week of 2022. How long have you been saving that one? 51 weeks? Been waiting all year for it. <laughs> I want to thank Wes Reynolds for joining us, David Gascon as well. Amal, great. Sorry about the travel plans, but good to have you back here alongside Jeff Parles, Matt Brown next. It is the final countdown on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very of all slow. The, of all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. At- 